Welcome to This Week in California Education, brought to you by EdSource Radio. I'm Lewis Friedberg, Executive Director of EdSource. And I'm still John Fensterwald, Editor-at-Large at EdSource. Glad to hear it, John. A little bit of consistency is always a good thing. And talking about consistency, the headlines this week were all about taxes. And uh, in Congress, Republicans are moving fast on a massive tax cut that could have big ramifications on the California economy and on California's ability to raise taxes, particularly if Californians no longer are able to deduct income and real estate taxes from what they owe the federal government in income taxes. At the same time, the Legislative Analyst Office released its annual projections for the state budget for next year and three years beyond that. And amazingly, the LAO's office is projecting a healthy increase That's right. in funding for K-12 schools and community colleges. That is not something that we expected, and I'm sure that will come as good news to schools around the state. If it actually happens, absolutely. Well, John, you spoke with Dennis Myers, who is Assistant Executive Director for Government Affairs at the California School Boards Association. Dennis has been tracking events in Washington and Sacramento. So, Dennis, let's start with the Republican tax proposal and that acronym SALT, which would leave a pretty bitter taste if it happens. What is SALT and what, why is it important? What impact would it have on Californians? Well, SALT is the state and local tax deduction uh, capability that is currently in the federal tax code, and that is one of the major things that are on the chopping block with the tax reform issue in Congress. So from the school board perspective, the reason why we're concerned about it is really twofold. One is that by eliminating that tax deduction, it uh, really will hit the upper range of the middle income, which is where we believe our, most of our, you know, our two income families are who are our teachers and our classified employees. So there are some offsetting um, things that I think are in, the, in, the, in at least one of the bills um, for taxpayers below 50,000, but in, in like the 50 to $150,000 range, that's where we think that will have a specific impact on our school employees who are you know, dedicated to serving our kids and we're still trying to recruit the best and the brightest, but if we're making the salaries that we're paying them, watering it down with extra taxes, that's a concern to us. The second impact on schools is, is without the ability to deduct local property taxes, it makes our general obligation bonds more expensive for taxpayers. So, you know, we, we rely on those throughout the state to build new schools and to relieve overcrowding and to modernize older schools. So. You know, that's been something that's been going on for decades now. And so to be able to, to have that gone, we think, would you know, kind of put a check in voters' minds and, and make them think two, three, four times before voting yes on one of our bonds. And, and we think that eventually is going to be, be a negative for public schools. So SALT, which enables California taxpayers who do the long form to deduct their income tax that they pay to the state and also their, their real estate taxes as well. Right, Dennis? Right, yeah, so it's, it's state and local taxes, so that involves income taxes uh, and property taxes. There's some sales tax in there, but our focus really is the impact on families from the income tax and the uh, property tax. So it would affect all, really, middle class, anyone who files a form, certainly a lot of working class, middle class folks would lose this uh, important deduction. And so what would that do in terms of 
you know, and you know, why would it be harder than to pass a bond uh, or a parcel tax? I'm assuming, right? Well, I don't think it would affect parcel taxes. Um, I'm actually not sure about parcel taxes because of you know our understanding of of salt. The state and local tax deduction is that it's um, income, sales, and property taxes. Property taxes are you know uh, taxes that are related to the value of the property, and a parcel tax isn't. It's just a per parcel charge. But from our perspective is um, if there's a, a general obligation bond and on the property tax assessment for that year to pay off the, to help pay off the bond is you know, a four or $500 assessment, that is tax deductible right now along with the property tax bill. And without that deduction, that now becomes, you know, depending on your tax bracket, 20, 30% more expensive for you. Are there other impacts that you can look at the Republican tax proposal, of course the House and the Senate are different, but that it would have an effect, impact on you know, the economy and particularly education and the state budget. Is it clear what impact it might have? From the perspective of the California School Board Association, we haven't looked at the overall package. There was a recent letter that went to the California delegation from the state uh, director of finance that outlined a lot more from the state's perspective, uh, the state's concerns about about tax reform overall. And, and from our perspective, we're just really focusing on, on, on SALT um, and asking the California delegation to really take a look at that. And even asking our members to call you know, their members of Congress just because that, that in specific, I mean, you can, have, you can have varying views on tax reform, whether you like it or don't like it, but this is one thing that we think that the California delegation especially should be looking at because it really pits California against other states. And, and whether you think we're high taxed or not, this does hurt. Californians and it hurts Republican Californians as well as Democratic Californians and especially we think you know the two income families that that work in our schools. Let's turn to next year's budget and this week the legislative analyst came out with the early projection for next year the governor will come out with his budget in in two months but the projection is that it would be looks like a pretty good year for K-12 with about three billion dollars of new money it's about a four percent increase uh, is that good what's your what's your initial reaction to it Dennis again you know this is this is November sometimes the analyst nails it sometimes they don't so we're hoping that they nail it or maybe they're being conservative <laughs> so so yeah we look at the numbers and they do look decent and the reason why we're not jumping for joy is because obviously again what the legislative analyst does and what Department of Finance does is they say what does the Prop 98 guarantee provide? And so looking at this projection, it's basically what does Prop 98 provide? And so they're funding the guarantee and not asking what the need is. So that's from our perspective as we look and say, great, that is, that is exciting. Um, you know, putting the ongoing growth in 98 plus some of the one-time money coming due, things like that. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good level of funding, but it's still gonna keep us, you know, probably 45th in the country. Maybe, maybe we go up a notch with this next year, we're not sure, but there is so much investment that has not been made the last four decades that we're wondering how we, how we make that difference up, and we're not gonna make that difference up by just looking at what the guarantee is gonna provide. That was Dennis Myers from the California School Boards Association. John, let me ask you, the governor, Governor Brown, has been predicting 
a recession now for several years. I mean, it has to happen sooner or later. According to the LAO, the, a, a recession is nowhere on the horizon? Well, I'll predict that the governor will continue to predict there's a recession when he releases his budget that is coming around. The LAO says, no, things look good for the next year. And the economy's going well, and there are higher wages they're seeing, and higher capital gains. But they also have a double scenario beyond next year. They say, look, it could be a continued growth, and this is what would happen under a good growth scenario. And here's what would happen on a recession scenario. And that's not pleasant because there would probably be a loss of billions of dollars in Proposition 98, which funds schools, and we may be back to cuts again. And you think Governor Brown is going to stick to his relatively conservative approach to the budget in his last year as governor? I think he wants to go out leaving his successor in good shape, and I think he's going to be cautious. He always has for the past seven years, and he'll do so again. However, there, according to the LAO, there'll be plenty of money for him to fund the local control funding formula and do other things. Talking about the next governor, I talked with several of the leading gubernatorial candidates, and all of them are open to raising taxes in some fashion or another to pay for some pretty ambitious programs like universal preschool in California. What impact, if any, do you think the federal tax proposals, if they go through, would have on the ability to raise taxes here in California? I would imagine it would be certainly harder to raise an income or sales tax, perhaps uh, additional real estate too, because Californians won't be able to deduct what they pay in those state taxes on their federal tax return. It's just one more obstacle to passing taxes. In other words, I'm a voter and my income taxes have gone up, the federal income taxes have gone up a bit because I can't make these deductions for state and local taxes in California. And so if a next governor comes along and wants me to vote for a, an additional state tax increase, I might be a little reluctant to do it. Well, no one likes to pay taxes, but one of the things that used to be said was, well, at least you could deduct what you're going to pay on your federal income tax return, and you won't be able to do that. I just think it's another obstacle to raising revenue in California. Well, we'll have to see what ends up in the final Republican tax package. Right. Taxes and budgets are really abstract. Let's turn to an, a real, not a hypothetical story, and it's very tragic. This week saw another mass shooting as a result of gun violence, this time in a tiny community two hours north of Sacramento called Rancho Tehama. A major tragedy at the school there was averted when the staff were able to get the kids inside the school as a gunman approached. Lewis, tell us what happened and what, if anything, we can learn from this latest event. Well, Rancho Tehama is a tiny community, as you know, to John. Most Californians have never heard of it. I had never heard of it, certainly hadn't visited it. And uh, unfortunately, it was the site of another mass killing that could have been a, ended in a major bloodbath. And the only reason that it didn't happen was that the school, the school officials, the school secretary, actually, they heard this gunman approaching. There were gunshots. He had killed his wife. He had killed several other people. And he approached the school. They were able to, it was about the time school was starting in the morning, about 8 o'clock, Classes were due to start at 8.15. The school secretary said, let's get the kids into the classrooms. And they were able to do that amazingly. 
And the gunman, who appears to have had a lot of mental health issues, started shooting at the school. One six-year-old was actually injured, is in the hospital. But this could have been a really a major disaster. Well, all schools are supposed to have a safety plan. Isn't that right? That is correct. And because incidents like this are so rare, even though when they happen, they clearly get a lot of publicity, that I don't think necessarily schools pay that much attention to them. And this incident in Rancho Tehama really underscored the need to have a plan like this because it really showed that anything could happen at any moment. Not something that parents and teachers really want to think about, but with so many guns out there, we are really at risk, unnecessarily so. Well, we've had shootings out of hotels. We've had shootings in churches. We've had shootings at shopping plazas. I guess schools are just as vulnerable as any other place. But is there anything else that California can be doing? Well, California is really leading the nation in its efforts to regulate guns. They've really done a lot to try to stem the flow of guns, but clearly we need to do more. The fact that this person, the gunman, had severe mental health problems and was able to get hold of these guns indicates that there are still loopholes. We've written before that assault rifles are banned in California, but it's still possible to get rifles that are modified to have a lot of the same lethal effect that AR-15s have. In the case of this man, he actually had a restraining order, wasn't supposed to hold weapons. He had attacked his neighbors. There were domestic violence abuses, and yet he had weapons. Nothing was done. Well, obviously, every situation like this, there are many layers. But just because California is leading the nation doesn't mean to say that we can't do more. And a lawmaker should be looking at this incident to see where the laws could be tightened and improved. I do have to say, though, that California is not an island that guns come from all over the United States. People bring in guns from other states so that this is really a national problem. What really is needed now is that legislators really need to look at what happened in Rancho Tehama and see where things went wrong and what the state could have done more to prevent something like this. Even though California is ahead of the rest of the nation, that doesn't mean that a lot more could be done. Yeah, it's really a a question of our values. To what extent does someone's right to have a semi-automatic versus someone's right to their own life? Good point, John, and a lot to think about. And unfortunately, we've run out of time. That just about wraps it up for this week in California education. Next week, as you all know, is Thanksgiving, so we'll be taking a pass on producing the podcast next week. I'm Lewis Friedberg here with John Fenstewald. Our producer is Sarah Tan. Thanks for listening and have a great Thanksgiving.